0: Hello, and welcome to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. I'm Isla Garcia, Master's Degree of Nutrition Science and Registered Dietitian, and I'm going to make weight loss realistic, sustainable, and uncomplicated for your busy lifestyle. On this podcast, me and my team of Registered Dietitians will decipher the latest nutrition research, dissect bad diets, and discuss social media trends for you so you can feel confident knowing what to eat to achieve your health goals. Research suggests that most weight loss programs aren't successful, but my experience has taught me that this is not because the participants aren't committed. It's because those diets are designed by non-nutrition professionals and center around severe restrictions. We are here to provide the facts about the science of weight loss so you can have the success you want and continue living your best life. My name is Ayla, your founder, CEO, and host of our podcast, The Millennial Nutritionist. And today I'm coming at you from my empty apartment. (laughs) I'm in our guest room because I feel like it would probably be the best situation for audio-wise. And David is having a meeting. And so I'm trying to do this while he's having a meeting. It's a whole thing. Um, But today I wanted to talk to you about the top 10 trends that I've kind of noticed. I really kind of sat and thought about this all day. Um, and I was trying to think of what my clients has talk, have talked about, and then what other people have talked about people that like maybe will never become my client, but like what's just out there in the wellness space. Um, so we're going to get into those today. Um, but just up first for an announcement, um, we are I just uploaded yesterday a new video module over on Millennial Living. I didn't realize I already uploaded one, so instead of a cooking demo this month, you all get a replay of a different video module, and then a new video module. Um, And if you didn't know, our video modules are basically kind of like these podcasts, but a little bit more instructional on a specific topic. And this month, I'm talking to you about how to decrease calories, which I'm so surprised. I don't think I've ever made any content about that before. So um, if you are interested in figuring out how to decrease your calories, make sure to go watch that video. It's pretty short. I think it's like 12 minutes long, pretty direct. I think I gave like five biggest tips. Um, and I don't, I think all of them don't even require tracking. So make sure to go check that out. You always get your first two weeks free if you are new to millennial living. Um, but if you remember over there, I just want you to go do that. And that's what our challenge is for this month over there as well. Just figuring out ways you can decrease calories. So I thought I'd give you a little video to help out. Um, but let's hop into today's episode because uh, we have 10 things to get through for the trends. And I'm sorry, I feel like I look like a little kid. Um, and I also just came from playing three hours pickleball, but I was like, I need to make this now so that I can edit it and then get it out tomorrow morning. Cause I don't think I'll have time at all tomorrow to get that done. And then we are moving on Friday. So next week's episode is likely going to be a replay. Um, just because I don't know the situation will be in Charleston, but I don't know the Wi-Fi. I don't know if there, I can't remember if there's like carpet in rooms and we won't have furniture. So next week might be a replay episode, just FYI, but let's get in. Okay. So I actually Googled some things first because I couldn't, it's so hard for me to think about trends because I just talk about, you know, scientific things and like what actually works. Um, and I don't really feel like I do a lot of with trending nutrition. However, I was like looking up, okay, what are the top 10 trends? And uh one that came up over and over again was Osimpic. Duh, this is like the biggest trend that's coming up like 2023. I feel like in such a long time, um, the biggest weight loss thing that has come around. And maybe we should do a whole podcast episode on this. We've done, we've we've talked about this in a lot of other episodes. Um, I don't think we've ever done a full episode dedicated to this. I think the closest we've come is that one time I had a physician or I can't remember if she's a PA or an NP on, and she talks about how she talks about weight loss with her patients and talks about when a medicine could be uh, useful. But how do we feel about Ozempic? I, you know, I don't know. I, I understand that it is another tool. I think it's hard for me to a hundred percent, like be excited about it because I'm trained in behavior management, behavior change uh, and slow weight loss. And as a dietitian, that's just kind of my field. However, doctors and people who prescribe medications aren't taught that. So they're very pro their thing. And I'm very pro my thing. However, you can lose a lot more weight. I will say through using something like Ozempic. I think it's, you know, it's pretty interesting that this medication has come along and it seems a lot better than previous medications because I've worked with clients who have been on other weight loss medications before like Ventramine, and even like Vyvanse in a way sometimes, you know, can decrease your appetite. So working with medications that suppress appetite is nothing new. Um, And I feel like my attitude is just a here it's here. It doesn't matter my opinion on it because People are taking it, and I, as a dietitian, just need to roll with the punches and now figure out how oh, I'm just going to counsel people who are on it. I don't think it's my place to say if you should be on it or not. I've talked about this, of course, extensively on like other platforms. So I think the best thing is if you are thinking about being on, on Ozempic, you know, definitely talk to your doctor, definitely talk to your dietitian if you're working with somebody. And the main things that kind of come out of this is just making sure that you're eating enough making sure you're mitigating any GI disturbances and making sure that you're also working on lifestyle changes. The good thing about Ozempic is because it's a pretty successful appetite suppressant, you now hopefully can focus on working on improving your diet without having to worry about hunger, which is great. I don't know if it's being executed like that, um, but that is a great thing. If you're not having to struggle with being hungry all the time, then now maybe you can focus on eating fruits and vegetables instead of just, you know, being hungry. My counter to that is, you know, my clients are not hungry when we focus on eating lots of fruits and vegetables and stuff. But I guess I I don't have an opinion about big. If you're on it, great. If you're not, you could be on it if you want. I can help you either way. I think it's interesting, and I'm I'm overall just kind of like interested to see where the world goes from here because if people in general have a decreased appetite. I'd be interested to see like where, what are food companies going to do? Because maybe people aren't going to buy as much food or what is it going to look like when just more people are in smaller bodies in general? So that's that on that. Um, number two is greens powder. So I feel like this has been a trend for a while, but I think this is the supplement that I consistently get clients asking me still about. And my two cents about greens powders <laughs> is I'm not very for them. I'm not very for any supplements, <laughs> but I'm not, that's not, that's not what every dietitian will say. I just really like try to do things the whole foods way if possible. Um, but if you're treating greens powders as a multivitamin, I can get behind that. If you're just like, you like that it dissolves and you don't have to take pills. Great. If you're using it as a way to not have to eat as many fruits and vegetables. No, that is not, you can't mimic all of the things that are in green vegetables from a powder, but you can mimic a multivitamin in a powder. So, that's what you should take it for if you're interested in taking it. The other downside is sometimes it has like they have like 50 calories per serving. And so if clients are struggling with decreasing their calories, that's one thing I'll say, like, hey, it's not necessary. You could just switch to a vitamin that you swallow and you could get away with having a cup of spinach that's probably gonna have way more vitamins and minerals in a grain than the powder will, anyway. Um, the third trend that I've seen is walking pads. I think this is the same as last year, but this year um, I feel like almost everybody that I've worked with has wanted to buy one or maybe has bought one. Um, And I think walking pads are great. It's just, it's interesting because I still think we're all adjusting to COVID. And and I hate to be the one to say that because I hate when people tell, tell me that, but I still just see that the implications as far as like health and weight loss. And a big one, I think is steps when we work at home, it is such, it is a way bigger effort to try to get steps in. And I think it could be easy to say like, well, my commute, you know, used to be 20, 30 minutes. Now I can spend that doing more things, but I feel like all that's happened is now we just work more. So we have to be very intentional and that can be very hard when you're relying on walking outside or going to the gym. And so it seems like a really good backup plan is having the walking pad. And I swear. This skyrockets a lot of my clients' steps. If you can get your hands on one, I think they're fairly inexpensive for what they are. And you could easily just be on TikTok. You can listen to a podcast. You can watch something um, and get a lot of steps in. And the more steps you get, the more calories you burn. And that's what helps you to be able to decrease your weight overall. My fourth trend review is pickleball. (laughs) So I don't know if this is like, I I feel like I've seen it pop up everywhere. I don't know. This is the same for everybody. Maybe it's just because obviously I'm obsessed. Um, but I feel like I totally need to do a whole pickleball podcast episode so I can just put all my thoughts over there. Um, but I think pickleball is great. I'm going to really recommend like a lot more of my clients to, to do it in the quick and dirty of like why I think pickleball is great is because I think especially if you're somebody like me who was an ex-very competitive athlete, um, no matter what you did, I never did a hand-eye any sort of um, uh, uh, sport. I was a runner or soccer player. But you can transfer a lot of skills from other sports over to pickleball. It itches that competitive nature that I miss so much about playing sports. And it's so easy to pick up. Like, it's not like a lot of other sports where you have to have a whole bunch of people like playing pickup soccer is so intimidating because you have to have a whole bunch of people. You only have to have two people, really. Doubles is way better than singles for pickleball. And um, just the community around it as well. I don't know how to describe it because I didn't know what it was like. I played pickleball for like a whole year before I started figuring out there were these groups that played pickleball in that area. And then as I've gone to different cities and played pickleball, it's the same across basically the whole U.S., Um, so typically a pickleball, a city will have some sort of like pickleball community, whether on like meetup or group me, or even just around a facility and the same people play like pretty much every single day, you can mix up with different levels of play. And it's still really, really fun. And hours go by when I get in so much cardio. And if you've been following me along for a long time, you know, that I hate cardio and I always struggled. I was a huge walker and now I don't even walk anymore because I play so much pickleball during the day. Um, and I think it's great. It's something you can do wherever you travel, especially as something you can do with a partner. If you have a partner who is also competitive or athletic of any kind, um, it can be great, or you don't even have to be athletic. I think it's funny that I feel like we stole the sport from people who are a lot older, like 70 plus, but I still get beat by a lot of 70 plus year olds. So If you're not athletic, I think you would love it. If you are athletic, I think you would love it. You can play it indoor, you can play it outdoor. Like there's literally no excuse of why you couldn't play. Just go get a racket and you can play and it'll help you to burn calories and get your cardio in in a really fun way. Do you feel like you're tired of trying every new diet out there whenever you're ready to lose weight but you never really find long-term success because it's either too restrictive or just not conducive to your lifestyle? Well then let me tell you about our 3 month Lifestyle Reset Program. This is an individualized weight loss approach where you'll be going through our proven 6 step method and you'll be led by a registered dietitian. By becoming a client of the program, you'll be able to learn how to control your weight, increase your energy and confidence, and also improve your overall well being. Not to be dramatic, but a lot of clients tell us that they actually change their lives by going through the program and finally find a sustainable weight loss solution when they actually haven't found that with any other program. If you are interested in becoming a client, sign up for a discovery call on our website, TheMillennialNutritionist.com with me, Isla Garcia, and I'll help match you with one of our registered dietitian coaches based off of your challenges and their nutrition expertise. If you're ready to find a sustainable weight loss solution in a non-judgmental and encouraging environment, I hope you'll connect with us soon. My fifth trend that I have thought about um, is I guess like more of a concept and I think it's around the idea of questioning BMI slash like how much should you weigh slash like what even is healthy? Just like this idea that I think for a long time we struggle with millennials. I think specifically, uh, you know, went through the whole really, really, really thin celebrity phase with like the Hiltons and the Simpsons and the Olsens, you know, and all of those uh, women that were so small. Um, and now, like, I think a couple years ago, we came into the body acceptance movement where, you know, everybody was thinking that it was good to be, or we didn't really need to be have a goal for weight and we can be healthy, whatever. Right. But I think now a lot of people are, are understanding they need to be somewhere in the middle. Like we don't need to be super, super thin, but also as millennials, we're getting to the point where we have the cholesterol, we might have hypertension, we might have prediabetes, we're really out of breath, we're low energy. And so being at a higher weight isn't healthy for us either. So what is that though? Because it cannot be like the weight that I'm at makes me obese and and that's unhealthy. Right. But then what do I aim for? If I am trying to lose weight, I actually go through all this in a recent podcast episode. So I'll, I'll link it and encourage you to check that out. But just the quick and dirty again, is that thank goodness from the weight loss community, at least in the dietitian world, we're starting to maybe do something of like needing to pick two different identifiers for weight, whether it's weight and waist circumference or weight and your um, like body fat percentage or weight and like cardiorespiratory activity rate or whatever. So we understand that weight still can dictate your you know, the stress that you put on your heart and stress you put on your bones, just because a heavier person, their organs have to work harder to support all that body weight, no matter if it's muscle or fat. But we do know that there are some nuances as far as it's okay. Doesn't, we maybe don't always have to be in the healthy BMI range to be healthy. So um, I would encourage you to go check out that podcast episode, but I think it's great. And I think these are conversations that we still need to have in 2024 and definitely push back, I think, against your providers and find somebody who is going to think about things in a more complex way like that. Number six is a sober curious lifestyle. So again, I was trying to think of just things that clients have told me, or I feel like commonly come up over the past year. And I think as a generation, it seems like we are moving more into maybe wondering what it's like to not drink at all, or even just drink less. I've had multiple clients say that they've stopped drinking and then now they want to see if they can lose weight. Uh, while working with me. And I think, again, this is great. I think this is a a trend that for sure should continue into 2024. Alcohol is a really interesting thing in in that I think it has so much history and so much culture. And I think it's like one of the oldest things that we consume that has so much history and story behind it. I mean, there's so much even just like in the Bible that, you know, talks about wine. And you can go, I think, to any place you travel to. And I personally think it's interesting to learn about the alcohol that they produce and that is customary there and, and how do they drink it and stuff like that. But on the flip side, alcohol is a poison. A lot of people had to drink it before like a long time ago because water wasn't clean, but we're not really in that situation anymore. So is there a place for it? I think maybe, but I do think that we are encouraged to drink it way too often. And in, and especially in America in excess at one time, AKA Ben Jane, which is the worst way to drink. And I think it's great that we're having to think about our relationship with alcohol. And is it something that we feel like we have control over? How do we feel when we take a break? Are we able to take a break? Do we feel the pressure to drink when we're around other people? Again, we did a whole podcast on this a while back and I will probably re-release it in January because. People do dry January, just talking about the nutritional implications or the nutrition implications of drinking because there are a lot. Um, But yeah, again, I think continue to have these conversations. I don't think you have to be a hundred percent sober to be the healthiest in your life. I don't think it's also good to you know binge drink. Again, there just needs to be that middle ground. Number seven is protein bagels. (laughs) This is a really weird one. I was trying to think of just like products that I have seen. And there's that one specific vehicle brand. I can't remember which one it is. I will like try to put it somewhere. Um, but I, I was, I was asked this a lot. I was trying to think of like, what am I just asked by people on the street and that I meet and stuff like that when they found out I'm a dietitian. And this one came up a lot. Um, especially when I went to David in his workplace in San Francisco, a lot of his coworkers asked me about it. Um, and the thing when I remember when I looked up the ingredients is it's mostly made out of protein powder, which is fine. I mean, we can make things out of not things that are flour. I mean, heck we have like almond flour and all the nut flours and oat flour. We can make stuff out of protein powder too. That's fine. Um, and if it sits well in your stomach, go for it. My only, I guess, thing against it is just, you can totally meet your protein intake without having to do all these super high protein supplemented things, especially if you're breaking the bank to to get there. I probably now should have just added this as a trend, like recession core recession trends. Um, Because I I personally feel that it's way, food is way more expensive than it used to be. Um, And I don't want you to think you have to, in order to be healthy, you have to buy all these like high protein supplemented things. You can get it done with a whole chicken. You can get it done with eggs. You can get done with milk. You can totally eat like a heck a 200 gram protein diet without having to spend a lot of money on protein supplements. If money's on an issue for you and you love these bagels, I don't think there's anything wrong with you going eating them. So go for it. Uh, number eight is the trend of reverse dieting. I think that I've I've been asked this quite a bit this year. I know for sure last year. Um, but I think I've gotten a lot more questions about this like on Instagram. Um, and I to me, it's not anything super new. But I think the only thing is that so many people think reverse dieting is the answer to why they're not losing weight. And I was having this conversation, I believe with coach Hannah, um, and we were saying, we wish that was the answer. (laughs) We wish that's the reason why some people are having a really hard time losing weight. But this is, this phenomenon is the least studied and the least like very low information is out there about this. I think a lot of it is hearsay or a lot of it is just like, it feels better to reverse diet. There's definitely a place for it. And I think it is a thing, but not for the amount of people that think it's for them. For example, I think this comes to us from the bodybuilding world or like the athletic world. When you are strategically focusing on changing your body composition decreasing calories to try to get rid of all the body fat you can and you decrease your metabolism in the process. But you also just decrease your metabolism when you're at a lower body weight. So then this population will like double and triple their calories, AKA reverse diet to increase their metabolism. And then just kind of like restart the whole thing again. So if you're not at a super low body weight, I don't think that a reverse diet is going to do much for you because that phenomenon isn't going on. I just say this because I have a lot of clients. Well, I have some clients that will ask me like after they've only lost five pounds, if it's time to do a reverse diet when they're still in an obese BMI, and that's just not a time to do a reverse diet, you might need to do a reverse diet if you are at a very low body weight. Um, But this would also just be eating the appropriate amount for your body. Um, I was personally, you know, trying to lose weight over this past year and I hit the lowest that I've hit, I think like since college. And then I got really into pickleball. And so now I'm more so eating for athletic performance and have more than doubled the calories that I'm eating. Um, and it's not a reverse diet. It's just because I'm exercising, I'm doing a lot more cardio. I'm exercising a lot more. Uh, it hasn't it increased my metabolism. I don't really know, <laughs> but, uh, all that to say, I think that if you want to do a reverse diet you can go for it see what it's like but you likely will gain weight when you do this and that's a you know a part of it if you truly are trying to reverse diet but it's likely not the answer to why you're not losing weight hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news Number nine is reformer Pilates. So I was trying to think of anything for an exercise trend that I can think of. I don't really feel like anything new has come about, but I do feel like I've seen a lot more people do reformer Pilates, including myself. So I mean, that's why I added it on here. I went through a phase a couple of months ago, I think in the summer where I was doing reformer Pilates with a friend and I've done it before. I'm not a group class person. So personally, like I don't like reformer Pilates, but I don't like group anything, just because sometimes I want to be done with an exercise and I don't want to be to totally <laughs> doing it. Um, however, this is the only caveat that me and other exercise trainers and even physical therapists have said to um, the caveat to strength training for group classes or like Pilates group classes, because oftentimes Pilates by itself, like old school Pilates, doesn't put enough stress on your muscles or allow you to increase weights progressively to the point where we could truly call it strength training. It's maybe just like a good workout, but if you can do like 20, 30, five pound little reps of something, you need to go up and try to not do 30 pounds, 30 reps of something. But reformer Pilates is the, like I said, the difference or the caveat, because they have the resistance springs that you could go up on if you feel like it's not enough. It's just that some of the old school Pilates movements don't even really allow you to increase weight if it's just a bunch of different variations of like sit-ups and crunches and, and all those things. So we love a form of Pilates. I think it's great if that is the way that you increase, you work on your strength training, go for it. You could totally get that done. Again, just make sure you are increasing that resistance on the uh, machine with the spring uh, this is a great thing you could get into doing if you haven't already in 2024 last trend. I was on nine and I was like, I have to think of a 10th one and chat GPT. So I don't know if it's necessarily like a wellness trend yet. When I went to my nutritional professional conference, I, um, went to a AI, or I guess I should make this like even just like AI um, for a trend. I went to an AI talk and they didn't talk about how there's honestly nothing right now for dietitians or nutrition, anything with AI. And which is crazy. Part of me was like, dang, maybe I need to create a business with it, but I don't want to make another business. But um I have used it for clients. And right now I use it when I get a new client, I'll make you a three-day meal plan inspiration. I've thought about even potentially making more for people. If that's something you're interested in, you can email me because I used to hate making meal plans because they take a freaking long time. But with ChatGPT, it's super easy. However, if you make the meal plan, I would be wary because there are times when I put in things, ChatGPT, like give me a meal plan with like very specific things, like the calories, the macros I want, the amount of fruits and vegetables, the snacks, if you're dairy free, gluten free, whatever, and it will spit out a thousand calorie diet. It won't tell me, but because I can look and kind of add up in my head how many calories something is. I'll ask it, how many calories is this? And it'll tell me it's a thousand calories. And then I'm like, what the heck? I tell it to fix it until it, and normally, honestly, it takes like, I feel like eight run-throughs of prompting the machine until it gets it right. But that's something that I can utilize for clients. So I think it definitely makes me a better dietitian. And I'm trying to stay on trend to, you know, continue that, but I've had other clients um, ingeniously like put in chat GPT. Hey, I'm at Taco Bell. What's the lowest calorie option I can get here. And I think that's an amazing way for you to use it. If you want to, the free version works great for this. You could go and, you know, honestly, anywhere you're going, ask it to give you a lowest calorie, something off of the menu, or even like, I haven't used it for Starbucks, but that might be something you can use for Starbucks. Like, Hey, what's a way to make this, you know, a peppermint mocha, cold foam, cold brew lower calorie and it might give you you know, some recommendations to ask for. So I'm very pro trying to stay up with all the modern technology, especially if it can help you. So I think this is a great trend and we should definitely keep it up as long as you're not <laughs> trusting it all the way with all of your meal plans and asking it to make your macros and calories and stuff like that. I think that uh, you still trust a dietitian for, it, but once you get that information, you could totally put it into chat GPT or something like that those are all my trends for 2024. I always love making 2023. Um, I always love making these episodes. Uh, so I'll probably just continue to make them at the end of every year, but if you're watching this on YouTube, please make sure to like, and subscribe. If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple, please make sure to rate us because it really helps us boost our visibility because weight loss is such a popular space for people to be in. Um, take care guys. Bye.